Hello and welcome to Print is Dead, a podcast about media. My name is Harry Krinsky. I am your host. This is episode one of Capsule One. Um, I'm obviously extremely nervous to put this out, and uh, I I wanted to give a little bit of you know backstory behind why I'm doing the podcast. So I guess I made this podcast on the on the theory that um, as sort of technology accelerates and and capitalism accelerates and the institutions that used to kind of run the media ecosystem, you know, continue to fail the people that are trying to make good, honest, you know, creative media. It it, it occurred to me that it's possible, you know, nobody knows what they're talking about. <laughs> like, you know, even the people who who kind of posture as if they do. And you know, I certainly don't know what I'm talking about, but I guess the project of the podcast is that maybe in talking to a bunch of people who are doing their own thing um, in the, you know, ever increasingly fractured media world, uh, a, a tapestry will will form of, you know, people doing cool stuff and, and what their, how their, you know, cool stuff has informed the way they consume media or think about media and all of that. So, this is the first capsule. This is the first episode of the first capsule. Um, I'm talking to Julia Waldman. She's a podcast producer, a video editor, a very smart, funny lady. Um, and we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So I hope you enjoy. My name is Harry Krinsky, and this is Print is Dead. Very handy, I can tell. I bet you like to read a lot, too. Print is Dead. It's very fascinating to me. I read a lot myself. Some people think I'm too intellectual, but I think it's a fabulous way to spend your spare time. I also play racquetball. Do you have any hobbies? Okay, I do know what you were saying. You were talking about uh, uh, being like a media person, entertainment person, what what all those mean. Yeah, because I don't, I'm not, I would not call myself like a typical... Like, I'm not a comedian. Like, I don't, I'm not, like, very rarely do I, you know, post a sketch or do stand-up. So I'm more so, like, my, I'm trained in media. Comedy is just the way I handle everything, so it, it comes in my work. And when you say you're trained, did you go to school for media? Yeah, yeah. So I went to Tisch for film and television. What? Okay, wait, um, back up. Wait, so wait. And where is Tish? Is that in New York? Yes. And, and it's a right, right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where where did you grow up before like Long before Island. going there? Oh wow. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been here my whole life. Um, I New York City was always this like thing that's so close but so far away. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I went to school here. And was that was that like a big ass culture shock from and what from Long Island to Tish or not really? Um, I think not in, you know, I, like, I had come to the city a lot. I had family here and friends here. And um, part of the reason why I wanted to be here is because my experience is growing up visiting my friends here and just the freedom, you know, no parents, like, yeah, yeah. It's a completely different lifestyle. That, I think I knew going into college that no matter where I went, it was going to be, you know, a different, I wasn't going to deal with the same people. I grew up in a very, um, like close-minded kind of materialistic sure. uh, town. I've heard, so, heard of those. Yeah. Yes. So then when I moved to the city, I mean, I went to NYU. So it was like the, the levels of richness were just like nothing right. I've ever seen before, but at least the way, you know, people were open-minded and, um, you know, just, a com- yeah, that was a culture shock, but not not being so in the city. Just like a good culture shock, it sounds like. Yes. Like, yeah. I love all I mean, these this new ways of thinking. Yeah, definitely. And so what does it mean? What is, did you know, like, did you apply to Tish to be in film and TV? Yeah, so I it was so funny because in high school, I was like, I don't know where I got this, but I was like, well, I always knew I wanted to be in entertainment. And then I was like, I'm going to be a film editor. I think uh-huh. I watched like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like 14 being like, 
I'm going to do this. This is the very specific job I want. So when I applied to Tish, I think that was, I think that helped me just being like, like I, I met with one of their people and I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. Then when I got there, I was like, wait, I want to try everything. And now I'm back to editing. Um, so it's funny that I like had that connection to it back then. Um, but yeah, I knew I was only like, I was normal school was not cut out for me. Mm. Um, and I was not going to do well in college if, if I had to do like, a arts and science math or yeah all that oh good god no i failed, <laughs> i failed math my last quarter of high school like, nice very cool it's, it's a non-starter yeah you know i do think there's the the there's what am i trying to say like if if you always hear like oh i i could this is the only thing i could have been doing you know if i wanted to be in if i was if I could have been a math professor, I would because right. it's an easier job or any of that right. kind of stuff. And uh, part of me is like, doesn't that, that that seems a little silly? But then part of me is the more and more I am like absolutely sabotaging my ability to have a um, any kind of non-creative uh, career. Mm -hmm. the, the easier it is becoming to have one. So I do kind of see that the it, it can be nice to feel like you don't have that option because then you can just take it hella seriously you can right, take like the, right like this is my only way right to success in you know whatever form that means um I think I just realized you know that was my strong suit like that I understood content and entertainment um not you know not I understood it better than I understood other aspects and other right. other job opportunities that it just you know I not many people in my family are in the arts, a, a couple here and there, but you know, I'm from a, everyone's a doctor or a fucking lawyer. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. What's cur What's the deal with cursing on here? It's not allowed. Okay. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is going on ABC. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, um, Stamps.com told us not to curse <laughs> or whatever. Um, uh, was there, a, well, okay. Uh, what's up with going to media school? What is that like? Do you, what are all your classes? What is that? Mm. And did you have the propaganda guy that just got in trouble? Did you ever take that class? No. At NYU? What Do you know what I'm that? talking about? No. There's some NYU professor who got in a lot of trouble. I'm not going to like butcher the whole story, yeah. but there's some NYU professor who taught a class that was, uh, I'm told very popular. Um, Do you remember about him? Mm, I can look it up. It was. It, I'll look it up while we're talking. Uh, it was about propaganda, and he was basically like, uh, there was kind of he was criticized for maybe saying that the masks are a government conspiracy or whatever, and but then he said that that's really not what he said. But then the student that came forward said that that is what he said, and then it was this whole. And then he, I'm, I'm not actually not sure where the story is now, but. He was like maybe gonna get fired, and there was a whole. It was kind of a uh, one of those like focal points for the like college students are too coddled kind of thing, you know. Yes. Versus like teachers yeah. shouldn't be assholes like that. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. So what was it? What was it like? Yeah. Um. It's uh. It was. I think for me, when I got there, I felt like everyone else was eons above me like they had you know gone to the the summer program and, right. and their parents bought them all these fancy cameras and it is a lot about access like that that's been my through line with media is the different types of access and like money that you need to do certain types of things so like you know we'd all come in with our student projects and I'd be I shot mine in Central Park for free right. and someone like rented a house in the Hamptons so it's just this like the and that goes back to the levels of wealth, but it's like I felt just like a fish out of water. But the classes, you know, they were so what I've I've talked to other people who studied film in college. And what I think is specific about Tish film, whatever. And also this is not an ad for them. Like I don't, there are so many problems. But the one thing that I do appreciate is that they were very focused on application of the skills. Like we had lots of 
you know, we have like full days where we're in the studio. And I think other schools did more about theory Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, no, I can't explain light theory to you, but I can like, if I'm in a situation with an actor in a studio, I can light that actor. I don't know why, you know, right. But it, yeah, it, that was the difference that I noticed. Um, I mean, for me, it was like, I had this, you know, it's like you, you love doing something until someone else asks you to do it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I got to school being like, I'm going to enjoy writing all these scripts and I'm going to enjoy doing all these projects. And then just like the stress of it and like I said, feeling like everyone else was so far above me. And I think, I mean, that is still something I'm dealing with professionally. Sure, yeah. It's like what we talked about people, you know, you assume someone else has all the answers and and they don't. Right. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, it was very, it was like, you couldn't, it was hard to fail in art school. Right, right, <laughs> really right. You really had to just not turn in anything. Was it, well, there are two things. One, going back to the theory conversation, did yeah. you care, like, do you think it matters at all that you don't have the kind of theory understanding? Like, even 1%, do you think it matters? I'm gonna, I mean, I'm sure maybe 1%, but it's also, like, whose theories are those? Who created those theories? Right, right. Like, old white men, like, that's, you know, it's just, like, the institution of it. right. Yeah, I, I found that a little bit with sound too, that I had all this, uh, and I tell this when I'm like pitching people at, on podcasts, is like, uh, I and I kind of make it sort of conspiratorial, but I'm like, there are powers that be in like big audio that are um, usually people who were from NPR, public radio, all kind of have a lot of money, you know, in the audio space who like to make it seem like audio is extremely complicated. And there's like waveforms and there's different, you know well, magic a lot of money that way right right totally and i and i don't want to like again this is where i get into this like i don't want to shit on somebody who's like light theory is so important but i do think it can be um like if you're a perfectionist if you like doing good work or whatever the the uh, or not even doing good work but if you like if you're concerned about misstepping you yeah. know the theory and the amount of um information uh, kind of like on paper, not in practice information can be really daunting because you're like, well, I, I think I'm doing it right, but maybe I'm violating some core tenant of light theory or of, you know, whatever right. the hell it is. Right. But with that, it's like, okay, so? Right. Like that to me just feels like like gatekeeping. Like it has to be done a certain way. And 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 if we're, t- you know, podcasts, it's like it you can do it so many different types of ways. Um. But would you have said that, you know, three, three or four years ago, or is that something you think you've come to learn? That's something I've come to learn. I mean, I got into podcasting as a consumer and Mm -hmm. I've listened like since, you know, I started in like 2014 and over time. Do you remember what the first pod that kind of got you hooked on it? Okay. Yes, I do. The Uh reason, like, I don't, I have a different feeling about the podcast now than I did when I was uh-huh. younger. Uh, it was Guys We Fucked. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about it? I have. I, I've listened to it like um, for kind of like market research. I've like, because yeah. I was like, this is a wildly popular podcast. It's a wildly pop. It's very successful. They were, you know, it's not like they were big names and they right. developed a huge following. Um, I, you know, I, when I first listened to them, I was like 19 and and I was very it it made me who I am in terms of like you know my sexual identity and all that stuff. But you know I grew out of that podcast and right. and there are things that I'm not like whatever I don't need to whatever. But well, I'm uh, curious. No, I, I'm well. If you're comfortable, I'm curious what you uh, mean. I mean that you know some of their opinions just it felt a little. Like I'm gonna say this to you, I don't like I'll I'll elaborate, but it was just like kind of white feministy, like sure. the, um, especially as they talked more about politics, I felt, you know, they are older than me and mm-hmm. have a different, 
you know, there, it was just very like gen, gen Y of like, you know, you millennials are like too, are trying too hard mm-hmm. things or the way they're changing them is like, not, you know, not the way things should be done. Um, it was, I'm trying to say this in a way, like, I don't, I appreciate them so much for what they did. They got me into podcasting. They totally. got like, there's so many things I would not be who I am today without them, but yeah. I just grew out of, you know, art. I felt like I couldn't really use their advice so much anymore. Yeah. 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 It's so funny. I mean, I, I, podcasts are, are a really like parasocial thing, right? It's, it, and it does it, you are talking about them with the sort of compassion that you would talk about, like an old friend that you've grown out of. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Which is true, which is what I think is how it works. It's such an intimate thing. Yeah. And I mean, my, mine was reply all, which is like under its own sort of degree of scrutiny right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I totally, I totally get that. And it, it's really hard, I think, because, um, you know, when you, when a podcast, you know, connects with you at the right time or something, if it's like a book, you know, that connects with you at the right time, it, it it's a lot easier to sort of like compartmentalize it as like, this is a, a, a finished product that existed and meant something at a certain time, but it, you know, whatever with a podcast, it is sort of what the magic of it is the ongoing relationship or whatever. And so you start to, I think, um, project onto the people who make these podcasts, like a whole type of personality and they almost inevitably let you down, right? Because they're not you. They're not, they're not the best friend that you've projected. They're their own person with chaotic, you know, uh opinions you don't agree with or or missteps or cultural insensitivities or whatever the fuck it is so exactly yeah um uh, no i really i related to the anguish on your face like being like yes i love this podcast but they're like cringe now or whatever it is yeah yeah um (laughs) but you know they like they're behind a paywall now like they are like you know they're doing their thing right and and i respect that totally Uh, yeah no but that um so in terms of like the different types of podcasts, so I listened to that and then I got into, or it was around the same time, um, like um, Stuff You Should Know. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. that was just like, I mean, it's exactly what you said. Like these, it's building relationships and, and you know, they're not real in the same way. It's not like this two part, it's a one way thing. Right. It's not like I can go back and tell them my thoughts on what they talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can leave a nasty comment. But um, yeah, developing these intimate, but no, we were talking about like the different types. So stuff you should know and guys we fucked are very different, have very right. different, um, you know, demographics. And then I just started listening to, I think then, you know, I like, I am... I am much more into crooked media than I let on. <laughs> uh huh. Back like back back then or now? Oh, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Respect. Like, yeah, it's um, and you know the same thing goes with you know guys we fucked. It's like I need to. I feel like I need to say a statement. Like I don't agree with totally, that. totally, totally. But um, you know it's like, and you've I've seen shows play with their own format. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you know, I on um, I think Pod Save America or one of the crooked shows, you know, they would put the interviews at the end, and I think they realized no one was listening to them, so right, they right. at the beginning, right? Um, and I don't have, you know, I don't have the analytics for that, but like, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not what I love about podcasting is it's. There is, there's, you know, um, networks and there are investors, but you can sort of like, if, if you want to make a podcast, you can, you can pop off by yourself. I mean, some of the most popular podcasts are these sort of like indie one man shows. Yeah. Um, Um, and, and that like, like I, you know, people are always like, why does everyone have a podcast? Like, well, why can't everyone have a voice? And that sounds like, that sounds hokey, but like, right. that is how I feel. Why does it need to be like, if, if you've like, if, only if you sign a contract with, with certain people, can you have a show? Like why it just, it back to gatekeeping. It just seems like 
like only certain people want to have the power to do that. Right. And that is one of those opinions that sort of feels like it literally only exists online. You know, like that nobody nobody in real life actually believes that. Just some people believe it for some minutes of their day, you know, or whatever. Right. But it is. Yeah. I mean, no, I totally agree. It's like this silly. um, It's like, yeah, I would have a I wouldn't have a fucking podcast if I had a TV show. (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, yeah right if I, if I, yeah of course i would if yeah. i had a, a million dollars i wouldn't have a podcast i'd <laughs> be on a boat I would. somewhere That's much yeah, yeah no who am i kidding probably me too <laughs> yeah. um so okay so the the oh i wanted to ask so yeah. as this podcast was was podcasting you're 19 it sounds like we're similar in this way for me, podcasting was this like foray into something that I now have a very complicated relationship with, which is the kind of media intelligentsia clout economy that that sort of stems from podcasting. And that there's like around the same time I got into podcasting, I was like, wow, all these people with really interesting ideas like they all have twitter oh and they're all friends oh and they all live in fucking brooklyn you know and it was like this that that was building the um the kind of it factor and the like coolness of the whole thing in a way that when i was 19 i was like this is cool as shit and like when as i'm now i'm 26 i live in brooklyn i'm like part of me is still like this is cool as shit but part of me is like "Ah, i mean I guess it's cool. Or like, I'll tell you what's not cool is to like stand some other people's friend group. Like that's not cool. So I, 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 um, <coughs> I, I, I guess I'm wondering, was that a similar thing? Was that uh, around the same time you started being on Twitter, being on, on, um, I don't know if you were on Tumblr or any of those kind of things. Like what, what I'm was not your that relationship? Cool. I'm not yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> sorry. Right, you're good. Um, no, I never, only when I started working with podcasts, did I make the connection between like social media and podcasts. Right. Um, I wonder if that's because you were in New York and I was in Michigan, you know, to me, it was so hmm. foreign I mean, not really. I grew up in a city, but but I was so like. Where are you from? New York. I'm from San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, but so I, you know, I'm I had I I, but San Francisco kind of is a has a very is culturally very di- like or like from a media standpoint is very different than New York. Yes. Um. The. But yeah. So what was there? Do you when I sort of wax about the. Brooklyn t- intelligentsia. Do you have a, what do you think about all that? Do you think I'm a sick freak? <laughs> I think I'm an idiot because I need you to explain intelligentsia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, well, I mean, it's, I don't even know if it's a real word, but what I mean is, <laughs> is that it's like, uh, it seems like all of these people, well, I'll just take, you know, I think that it's fractured, but there's all kinds of ones. But if you just take like, the kind of zenith of leftist podcasts, you know, if you take like Chapo Trap House and uh, Red Scare and Come Town, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if those are all actually leftist or even sort of salient political podcasts, but you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, they're, they're all those people online seem like they're friends and they all seem like they know each other and they all seem like they go to the same, yeah. you know, 15 bars in Brooklyn or whatever. Right. And, when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21, yeah. I thought that was very cool. Or not even cool. No, it, I mean, it's cool. It's like, yeah. but, I mean, that reminds me of like, you know, like comedy groups of friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, last night I was watching like Joel McHale, Bowen Yang, Mitra Jahari and Patty Harrison, like on live, just like shooting the shit. And it was very mm-hmm. entertaining. It's like, that's why, I mean, I like podcasts because it's like, you like the intimacy you you get to see real friendship dynamics if that's what the show is mm-hmm. and you're like a part of something bigger it's like why friends the show was so big because people could right. turn themselves into that friend group and there's like a a archetype for everyone that's interesting 
I wonder, you know, I was, I have this whole thing that it's like a new, this is a new concept, but I, I think you're maybe right that it's like, it's not. It, 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 friends and TV shows that you, you know, media that you can project onto. Yeah. Obviously, probably as old as media, you know. Right. Like, that's why it works is because you, like, media and, you know, content and entertainment, it's all like, what is it? Like, astral projecting. Like, it's mm -hmm. like, it's wishful thinking. It's like, this is, a world sometimes you know sometimes it's like the opposite like but at the end of the day it's always pointing to at least in American media like the positive like this is what like it could be like even if the whole sh the movie is like something dystopian it's like it is showing you that there's like the thesis is that there's a better way to do things right and maybe that's kind of vague but I don't know what you like I am such a, I like vacuum television. I vacuum podcasts and it's because it's like, I, I spend a lot of time alone. And for me, podcasts is like a way I don't have to deal with other people's, you know, neuroses for the most part, but I can still have that, like, feel like I'm a part of like an, in, like a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just connect with people. Like it's a, it's for me, it's as simple as connecting with people. Do you consume media other ways? Like, do you have a way you get hard news that's different or is it all podcasts? Um, it's not all podcasts. I mean, I am a, I mean, it's Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Twitter. It's, you know, what people, like people who I follow are talking about. It is that like community based, like community driven, um, like news but I, you know, like I follow like the AP <laughs> right, right. and things of that sort. Sometimes I turn on, um, I will turn on deadline. Uh-huh. have like a weird thing with Nicole Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Right on. Uh, do you, uh, and, uh, let me preface this. My answer for the question I'm about to ask you is zero. Okay. How many like articles, you know, either Substack or or New York Times articles or whatever, do you think you read a week? One. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way, and and I I I don't I don't I think it's a, we're a bit of a self selecting group in that we are interested in podcasting. Maybe there's something in our brain that we consume. You know, I think I am able to stay informed, but I do think it's it's it's. That's a crazy thing. That's a, if if the medium is the message, that's a crazy shift, you know? Like I don't think people like us 20 years ago would be doing that. We'd either be ill-informed. Exactly. Ill-informed. Because like I so like I'm dyslexic, so reading has always been difficult for me. I can't focus. I have to read things over and I've had conversations. Yeah, yeah. They say that about podcasts. They can't focus like my roommate. Right. Wait, she won't even, she doesn't even like, like she won't even recognize that there's audio playing. Like I'll like, we'll be hanging out and I just listen to a podcast out loud. So right. just different, you know, there's like, you know, they say there's like the visual learner and the aud aud auditory learner and the, you know, the, I don't even know the word for reading. But <laughs> nerds, yeah, losers. losers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would not. I'm very. I feel blessed that podcasting has come, come so has become so big because now I can like interact with with the news in a way that I would have been an idiot 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. That uh, no, I feel I feel similarly. Though I do feel kind of like a little bit complicated about the idea that there the lines between especially in podcasting the line between what is entertainment and what is information is like so blurry and in a way that sometimes i can really like like i, I you know i go back to chapa like it's no accident that a comedy socialist podcast like ha had the moment it had but it's like that show or ha is having the moment it's having you know whatever but it, it, i do think it, it it scares me sometimes as a consumer of all of this stuff where i'm like w am i getting lost in the sauce you know like am i am i uh uh is that is that like are you 
like a self-critical person like very yeah perhaps yeah maybe it's just that yeah because I don't know like I I'm just sick of like being told what's the right way to ingest media Mm -hmm. um especially because certain media is just don't like we talked about read it reading a book doesn't have I unless it's twilight it doesn't have the same <laughs> the same experience for me um okay but what if what if somebody got all of their news on tiktok would you find that to be alarming oh god that's like to me that's like i don't no because well first off i i was only on tiktok for like a week mm-hmm. <laughs> but like what if like you know like does the new york times have a tiktok i'm not probably right it's probably so like like, if that if that's the case then sure because Mm -hmm. as long as it's a reliable news source like then i think are you getting the most in-depth um like description of what's going on in a you know a six second clip probably not Mm -hmm. but if it's just headlines i don't know there's there's different types of of um i don't know did that to no yeah i'm i'm no i i i, 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 I hear you i'm afraid to like like be i don't want to exactly i don't yeah, want to yeah. tell someone the right way to get their news i mean i think there's a huge problem you know there's a lack of interest in what's going on or you know uh it's easy to you know you're on tiktok you're probably going to watch some dances. You're not really like, totally. If you're going there for news, you know, I think I don't want to judge. You might want to think about that. If that. Right, right, right. It's hard. No, I, yeah, I don't want to, I like, I am so, um, and this, like, I don't think you're doing, like, I don't think that's right. your point. Um, I try very hard not to like tell people how they should totally media it's so it's so because it's so personal for me that it must i mean unless it's not and i'm just crazy but mm-hmm. I, yeah no i i i i'm torn right on the one hand because i do totally get the the boomer kind of thing you know and that there's mm-hmm. that they're like especially kind of throwing glass glass throwing rocks in a glass house, whatever the phrase is, yeah, where yeah. people are like watching cable news for 10 hours and being like, why do you get your news on Twitter? It's like, right. well, you're watching cable news, you know, right. that's also bad. Like how, just because one institution has been around longer doesn't mean that it's any more, you know, true. Yeah, you know, it would be cool when the FCC <laughs> started dealing with television, they set, you probably know this as a film and TV person, like, set away a certain amount of frequencies for public community access television and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, and they had to be broadcasted all the time. Like no public companies, private companies couldn't take them away. It would be tight if like a certain amount of viral, like algorithm spots were dedicated for public consumption. And so you just had public public access virality. I might be on, you know, (laughs) that might, that, uh, anyway, uh, um, I, I want to talk about y- y- your, like the tough stuff that you're making. So we were talking about okay. you in, in college. What do you, what have you been doing now? How have you been kind of navigating media yeah. post-college? Um, I mean, just like I was in college trying out different things. I think I've still done that. Um, like I said, I mostly, like, I mostly edit, whether that's podcasts or video. Um, that's like how I make money. Um but how'd you get into that? Did you just get a job out of school? No. I mean, it was, so I, a lot of it is like, you know, stupid NYU connections, but my. Um, That's how I've gotten pretty much every job yeah. I've had. <laughs> um, my uh, best friend, she had worked at Hearst. She left to go to Nylon and then I took her job. Nice. And it was, um, we like, we worked, Hearst has like a, like an in-house studio that is like mostly for um, corporate work, but sometimes like the magazines will use us if, if the other studio is busy. Um, But, you know, we, we started to record 
I mean, it's interesting because it's like, I think it's more so my connection to podcasting as a consumer rather than a someone in the industry. Because like, I really wasn't like, I came out of school and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. Like that's, that's what I am. That's how I identified. So I didn't even really think about it. And then it was when like the boom started to happen. And, you know, my boss actually at Hearst, she had her own podcast, like separate. Um, and I was inspired by that because like, mm. you know, she, she built something from it. Um, I don't want to say what it is, but because I don't even know that like she was necessarily allowed to do this while she got had it, got it. Job. Sure, sure. But but uh, but that's very cool to see somebody yeah, build their own thing. Yes, and like she did it while having a full time job. And I mean, there's lots of like, you know, she had the money from her job to pay for this and all that. But we we would do you know regular like shoots, like you know I would do like lighting and all that stuff. Like I I am a jack of all trades in like filmmaking. And then we started to record um, like uh, like radio ads for the magazines. And I was like, oh, it's not, because like what you were saying before about how, you know, you have to like know the correct theory. I was like, oh, I don't know enough to do this. Right. And I was like, wait, no, it's not like, it's not rocket science. Like right. I'm not, oh. and I'm not diminishing like, there is, you know, there's amazing sound and there's all these things that I don't know about. So I'm not going to pretend that I do, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I can't start. Um, and so, and also a huge thing was a lot of my, like, it really picked up after COVID because it's not like I was going to do like, no, nothing was filming. So I couldn't edit anything. Um, I hearsed a lot of that job was live events none of those and then um and so then I just got connected so I had edited a short film and then the producer of that was also a host for a podcast and was like do you want to edit this and then I took that and I started editing um so that was Godzilla Evangelists and then I started doing um, wait what is that what is Godzilla Evangelists? yeah so that is um uh it's a comedy show where it's a comedy podcast where they um they like review all the Godzilla movies. Okay. And now they're doing are there like are, King Kong. Are there enough to do? How many are there? Oh my God. There's so many, but they also do like, you know, mini series where they did, did Star Wars and um, now they're doing like King Kong. Are they um, excited for Godzilla versus Oh my King God. Kong? Yes. It's yeah. like, it. I'm I'm very happy that that's coming out because it totally. just elevated the, the podcast. Um, and then I started working on Take Me Out, which... So that's a little different because it's hosted by Tiff Beira, who's a, um, she's like a TikTok star. Okay. So it's interesting because we. And how'd you get hooked up with them? Uh, through a friend. Cool. Yeah. But what, but so I'm curious about this because yeah. I think this is how it all fucking happens. It's like, were you just telling everybody you knew that you were uh, interested in podcasting? Did they reach out to you? Was it like a friend of a friend? How, how did it all happen? Um, Social media, you know? All of that. I yeah. did post, especially when COVID started. I was like, hey, just so you know, I can like do this shit if you, you know, just because I was so bored, I would do it for free. But, right. Um, That's interesting too. Yeah. I like editing is very satisfying for me. I get um, that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was you know, I posted that I worked on one podcast and then my friend was like, oh, I saw that you worked on that podcast. Can you, can you work on this one? And that's when social media does come into play. Totally. Like it's literally only like, I've had conversations with Megan Pope about this and they're like, I wouldn't be on social media if, I don't know if they've said this in, in your interview, but like, I wouldn't be on social media if I didn't have this job. And that is kind mm. of like, there's self-expression, but there's also marketing and like, you know, we, everyone has to have their own brand now, which yeah, is yeah. exhausting. Right. Um, but no, it is word of mouth. And that is what's hard about giving advice is that right. it's just a lot of it is happenstance. And that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, it doesn't mean that people are deserving or not. It's just like the way that it is. 
especially because it's a new media. It's like, there's no, there's a, you know, there's, there are jobs for it, but a lot of it is freelance. Yeah. And, and, you know, there is, this is, this is uh, almost obvious what I'm saying, but there, there is a sort of total mythology, especially from older, more legacy media people that it is kind of a meritocracy that it's like about hard work and stuff. And perhaps somewhere it is in there, but I, the uh, what I can say pretty confidently is whatever skills get me jobs that I have are completely different than the skills that I have to do the jobs that I have. Like they're, it's not like somebody sees me edit a podcast is like, oh, I want this dude editing my podcast. It has right. nothing to do with that. It's like no. my uh, ability to navigate fucking Instagram or whatever the fuck you know. It's a, it's totally bifurcated. Like it's yeah. a, 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 in a way that is exciting sometimes because it allows people it allows you to take the shortcut you know like you can I, I have definitely have had jobs that are i by traditional standards would not be qualified to do but because i was in the right place right time whatever you know here i am and and also it's maddening because it has nothing to do with like how do you it has nothing to do with honing your craft it's just like being introduced to the right friend of a friend of a friend and being good to work with you know i don't know you can i mean yeah you, that's how you get the job but if you're gonna if you we're bad at it. You wouldn't have the job anymore. Probably. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like, you know, we can talk like merit, you know, merit is like, I'm just very disillusioned with totally. It's almost how not I know that people get jobs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's all bullshit. Like, it's really just like what you said about you have to, if you're good at putting yourself out there and I mean, and you have the skills to follow, but it's really about like, making yourself known mm-hmm. um and we talked about this all, like in our conversation where where we were just like yeah not only like if you want to get into podcasting you also need to be a social media savant right which right. i am not and that's something i i have a hard time with it's like yeah i can make a show but then if no one knows about it then then you know what's the point right which is, I hate that. Like social media is just, I am very like people who have, I don't know. It's like, it's a constant thing. It's like, you mm-hmm. always have to be engaging. And if you're doing that on top of producing a show, like that's why it's hard. It's hard, but I appreciate, I respect the people who all, do it all themselves. And so are you talking about, because uh, there's two conversations to be had about social media. There's okay. like, or I mean, there are many, but that okay. I'm hearing right now is there's the social media, managing a show's social media, you know, yeah. like, and, and that, but then there's also managing your personal brand and kind of how that, uh, you know, I think, uh, and we, ha- I haven't interviewed Meg Pope yet, but I think what they said to you is, is salient, which is like, I feel very similarly that I don't really like social media really you know i get the sort of direct dopamine hit that anybody else does but uh, uh, the main reason is i'm trying to like look cool so somebody will hire me that that's pretty much it it's like i want to like look but it's hard because i don't totally know what the right type of cool to get hired is do you think about that or or what how do you navigate your personal brand as a way to kind of further your career that's interesting um I, I had a job interview, um, and someone said that they liked my Instagram. However, my Instagram is like kind of, you know, a lot of it is, uh, as my mom would put it, hoary. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, oh, so then that's weird. That's weird. And that's weird. Oh, so it wasn't like, uh, well, I don't know good that they said that. Or I don't know. What do you I don't, think? I don't know. Got it's it, one of got these it, things it. where it's like, so I, I mean, I think about that a lot. Like I want to, I want to be myself and myself is posting, you know, photos like that or, or being, you know, doing like the, the calls that I get from my mom and my sister about what I post, like <laughs> it's stupid. Um, but like, and so my mom, you know, people are like, are you, are you not afraid? Are you afraid that you're not going to like, are you not afraid about not getting a job because of what you post? Right. In that one instance with the job interview, it was like, okay, are they like, 
I thought maybe they appreciated that I was unapologetically myself, but it's also, I can't disregard the fact that They might be talking, they might be kind of underlyingly being like, I saw your body on Instagram. Right. Right. Um, so it's hard because I want to be very person. Like I want to be myself on social media, but. And wh why is that? Why do you, what, what's the, not like poking holes in it, but what? No, no, the... no. Um, because I, in, and I've actually like, I've been dealing with this personally in like other aspects where it's like I have a very idealistic I have very idealistic thinking about how I should how I should be and how the world should be which is you know mm. vulnerability authenticity and and you know this is something you know I'm not the first one to say this at all but social media is a lot of like what, what we're talking about like um positioning yourself in a certain way um and so I try to be like, I mean, I'm not the only one doing this, but, you know, try to just be very um, honest about the fact that, like, I listen to podcasts because I have depression. Like, right, right. I, like I, I don't know. It's important for me to, it's important for me to be myself, but I also am coming up against this constant thing where it's like, people don't want that. Like, it's, if that's not going to, like, you you're not playing the game right. Mm -hmm. um, I do think, I think you're right on where, well, you were saying like, oh, you're not the first person to say this. You're not the first person to, you know, be authentic on Instagram. And sure, you you know. Uh, uh, and also it's like, I'm not like, I am, I don't want people to think because people are going to go back and be like, bitch, you're like, it's not always. I, I'm, I'm totally. <laughs> No, and I get, I mean, but I, but I guess I totally get what you're saying. I also think um, there are totally degrees of the performance, right? There are people who are, you know, every good lie has a, a little bit of truth in it. And so there are people who perform 10% on Instagram. You know, all, there's like a, a classic example is like the Instagram model who like, post a photo that's just like slightly less Instagram modely being right, like, right. this she is the real me. Yeah, her, her roles, her roles are there. You, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there are totally degrees of performance and there are elements of the sort of performance and the performance of authenticity that are more palatable for social media and are more palatable for certain, you know? So I do think, I guess what I'm saying is, and I don't, I haven't like, <laughs> I haven't, nor will I, you know, sort of do an analysis on your <laughs> Instagram, <Please> but, <laughs> but, but the, the, um, I definitely relate to the idea of like the project of actually being authentic runs up against like the project of like popping off on social media for your career. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it doesn't, they, they're not it doesn't work <laughs> when you're swimming upstream, you know, and, and it's even what you were saying about like, not all your posts are authentic. It's like, you're swimming upstream of the whole mechanism. It's like, I've, I've put, you know, like some days I feel like performing more than others, you know? And so it's, 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 it's certainly like a, a kind of chaotic tapestry more than it is a, um, sort of coherent thesis. I, everybody's Instagram. I mean, I, I'm kind of dubious of anybody's Instagram who is a coherent thesis. It's like, right. well, but then, but, but then it's like, I also like people, you know, whether it's business accounts or personal accounts, like when they have a very clear understanding of what they're doing, like, and they build on that, like, I respect that. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I think it's, it, you know, it's not really something because it's like, okay, we're talking about like personal brands, like, I'm not gonna turn my Instagram into like, Julia Waldman, the the producer. It's like I'm I'm a human, right? And like I'm a per. I want my inst. I want my personal Instagram to be reflective of like all the parts of me. Um, but you know, for people who like, I'm not going to make that transition into making it like more professional. Um, you know, with like the infographics and the things and you know the reels about explaining stuff. But for people who do like it, there's also just a lot of confidence that comes with that like right. really put yourself out there in a way that's like I'm trying really hard like for me I have a oh. hard time with that being like 
because you know it's 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 scary it's it is genuinely scary well because it's also just like uh it's corny as shit to try hard you know like if you're trying really hard it's corny so i I do i do kind of it's it's hard you know it's a hard thing i i struggle with the same thing yeah um what other uh okay we're we're approaching an hour but i want to hear the rest of your your journey in media and like where your what your goals are like what's your next plan do you have a do you have or what type of shit do you want to make i mean my it's hard to ask me my goal because i'm like good god like right now yeah yeah i don't know it's i think what i see myself i i love editing like that is my like that's like when i'm in flow so you know that's how i think i will continue to make money but i also have an urge to produce a show like i like making what's that mean to you produce a show host it like you know conceptualize it um it's that it's hard though because i i feel just it's the same thing about putting yourself out there you know yeah yeah it's like well why the fuck what what does she like what's her opinion on this you know other external voices um that i struggle with but because i'm I'm confident in my editing and my post-production skills. Like that's something I think I'll lean on for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, um, what are in this kind of fractured media landscape? What are some of the, either maybe their Twitter accounts, maybe their sub stacks, maybe their weird podcasts. What are the kind of like lower put some, put some, like shout some people out people okay. that you're listening to consuming that maybe you wouldn't hear in a kind of that yeah. you wouldn't sort of come by in normal situations maybe yeah okay well i was um i was talking about wait i need to look up this very the exact name of this podcast cuz it's like it's ridiculous okay also the the professor's name was mark crispin miller no i don't know and i'm it's glad like, uh, yeah yeah i don't yeah dodge a bullet there yeah right um Uh, no there's like in terms of i mean just to comment on like what it there was a lot of like sexism and racism and you know teachers there were a lot of old guard teachers like nyu tish is very old guard um and so there was just a lot of that dealing with with that and you know those kinds of boom but okay so a podcast, I like, it's not even, oh, they, the last episode released was February 11th, but it's A Woman's Smile with, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. with Patty Harrison and Lorelai Ramirez. And it's just like, it's, it's different than anything I've heard. Like, it's not a conventional comedy podcast. It's like, they don't even explain what the hell they're doing. You just have to like jump along for the ride. Um that's like, you know, an obscure one. Like, I'm not, I'm not like that obscure of a listener. Like, totally. my tops are like, like my favorites are like Still Processing, which is by the New York Times. Uh-huh. Um, is that Wesley Morris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jenna Wortham. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, just the way they talk is like, it's amazing. They're yeah. brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm literally just going through my thing. Yeah. So I said lots of crooked media, which I'm not proud of. Um, well, wait, I, I, I want to be conscious of your time, but I am curious about that because I do think you're touching on something that's a really interesting thing about the kind of like cringe aesthetic of crooked media. But it's, 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 cause I feel the same way. I mean, like, I think like for, if I saw somebody wearing a friend of the pod t-shirt, I would be like, come on. I judge them, but then I'd be like, I'd like talk, I'd like approach them and be like, what's your favorite episode? Right. And it's, so that's the thing is where it's like, that's where I think also kind of some people on the left can like lose the plot a little bit where it's like, yeah, I I think those people are kind of annoying on Twitter and I think their opinions are a little bit sort of smug. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of it is worth critiquing. I do think there is this thing that it's like, just 
tomahawk slam dunk on like people who think they're doing you know they're well-meaning people i th i think i mean I, I guess i could be wrong but i i guess i i i i get the sense that some of like at least the like enter the the project of making like a mainstream liberal podcast network uh, as perhaps annoying as it is is a kind of there are worse projects to undertake Oh, absolutely. In the world. Yeah. And so I do think Crooked Media is a funny one where they're, and Crooked Media seems to do really progressive in their they hiring do. women of color, hiring yes. queer people, hiring, yeah. you know, all of that. And so I do think there are some things like dunking on Crooked it's Media. Just, it's like I, there are lots of things I listen to and like there are podcasts I listen to where I'm not going to, I'm not going to recommend that because it's like, I don't want to say guilty pleasure because that term is like a little fucked, but. I, when I listen to someone or when I'm a fan of something, like, I don't have to like and agree with everything they say. Like, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Like, I can, I have my own thoughts and I can, you know, just because, like, this person who has, like, you know, quote unquote authority is telling me something, I can make my own decisions. And I think that's, like, that's why I'm afraid to say, you know, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a stand for crooked media. Yeah. 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 I, I can't deny how it's affected me in, in good ways. I mean, also maybe bad ways. Like, you know, it is kind of, it is centristy and, but like, that's where I don't always agree. And that's fine. Totally. It's fine. Uh, like, it's, I, oh, go on. Well, I was going to say it's funny. Like that preamble totally could also describe Red Scare or like Come Town or like some, uh, you know, a, a podcast where, it, the kind of disagreements are more like they're my they're like nuanced well they're nuanced and they're also they're fucked up for different reasons you know like the mm -hmm. the the reason red scare is fucked up is different than the reason that yes. pod save america is fucked up you know right, right. but it is just funny that i do think the idea still it stays the same and it's funny because anybody who listens to red scare would think that crooked media is fucked up anybody who listens to crooked media would think it's red scare is fucked up but uh, right. I, I, I the the point that you're making in general about that about like listening to things that you disagree with often I, it's a complicated thing right because it's it's yeah um and i i i in my practice i do do it i do listen to things that i disagree with um but it's tricky and not not everybody i think feels that way yeah i mean it's like my like you know sometimes i will you know you like it's you know i don't have cable but the equivalent of like seeing what's on Fox just to see what the hell they're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. You know, you, it's like you you want to know your opponent. Totally. Um, I just I just read the coolest Breitbart article. It was so yes. Funny. It, it was it was um it was like a 2016 Breitbart article by Ben Shapiro before when he worked at Breitbart, and it was the top 25 conservative movies of all time. Okay. And, um oh yeah as a film major you'll love it the <laughs> number two most conservative movie of all time oh i'm sorry the number two best conservative movie of all time okay. so it's not the degree to which they are conservative it's the how good they are <laughs> right. um the incredibles okay can you, <laughs> can you um... uh, let me let me pull up what what uh mr shapiro had to say about, about <laughs> the incredibles uh, i am at a loss here <laughs> the, the movies are so funny What's number one? Best um, let me check. Let me check. Oh my god! Yes, another look at the twenty-five best conservative conservative movies. So he wrote this in two thousand sixteen. He wrote. Let me make sure. When there was no. Oh no! Wow, I am wrong. He wrote this in two thousand nine. So there's oh. probably been a lot of great conservative movies that have come out. Right. So a movie, a movie that came out in nineteen thirty-one called M. I don't even want to dig into that. Oh, no, 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 that's not number one. Number one is, that was hit, The Lives of Others. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, he's got The Incredibles on here, Groundhog Day, Pursuit of Happiness, Juno, Ghostbusters, of Lord of the Rings. Juno. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, well, you know, she does, she does, she doesn't abort the baby. Yeah, I guess that's, that's maybe that is what that's, uh, it. that's all. Let's because media is so you know taken over by the left, like any semblance of conservative values is celebrated. My favorite one in the in the whole thing is number 17, the, the 
this is the whole post on it. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it just, his his annotation is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, that is one of the least obvious things. <laughs> well, no, because apparently, like, Aslan is supposed to be Jesus. Oh, absolutely. So yes. I don't know about conservative, of course, of but like, religiously. Okay. Aslan is Jesus. Aslan is Jesus. The if lion. I... No, totally. The lion is George W. Bush. Um, the wardrobe is Iraq. It's Ronald Reagan. Right. No, it actually totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that. Uh, I, I think that's I all I got. I, yeah, I hope I. I hope... Well, wait. Do you want wait to plug yourself? Where can the people find? Okay. Hello. Where can they hire you? Also. Oh yes, you can hire me at Julia F. Waldman. On Instagram, um, and I mean, my Twitter is Miss Tuniverse M I S S T U N A V E R S E. I'm not that active on there anymore. Like I, but you know, you can find me and all my thirst traps on Instagram. Hell yeah! And then, what pods are you uh, producing right now? So right now, I'm just working on Take Me Out and Godzilla Evangelists. Um, a couple are on hiatus. I. I don't know when they're coming back. Hey, that's how it goes, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing. uh, Actually, I won't say. Maybe this was the first episode we recorded. Maybe it was the third. Ooh, missed it. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course.